Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. Folks, we are finally starting to see the return of professional tennis action now. None of these events are ATP, WTA, ITF sanctioned, but we are finally getting to see professional tennis players make their return to competition on the court. So many exhibition events really beginning to emerge across the globe, and I know as a tennis fan, we have all enjoyed going back on YouTube and enjoying some of the highlights, the top former matches from tennis's history, but we're all craving some live results, and again, while these matches lack the intensity of a Grand Slam, it's clear these players aren't quite at the 110% level we're used to seeing them at throughout the season. Uh, there's no denying, you know, there's just a sense of comfort that comes with getting to see professional tennis action once again, and it's been so enjoyable to see all of these different, you know, different events in their varying forms, some exploring. Uh, differences in scoring format, the fast four uh, format being a frequently played one, at least at the exhibition events here in the States. But it also means we have time for a bonus pod this week here on the Great Shot Podcast because we here are fortunate enough to be joined on the podcast today by the tournament director for this week's TP Tennis Magazine Open in Sweden, a guy you may know as the founder and writer for Tennis Portalen. I, of course, am talking about Alex Theodoritis, who, as I mentioned, is the tournament director for this weekend's event in Sweden that will see eight men, eight f- women competing side by side in a super tiebreaker formatted event. You know, a pseudo-Swedish national championship as its top men, top women, as well as some of the top juniors in Swedish tennis. And of course, on the podcast today, Alex and I discuss the field. We discuss the state of Swedish tennis, give a little bit of the history to reflect on some of the great players from Sweden's past. Uh, And he talks about why this is such an exciting event, why it's so great just for all of us as fans to get to see tennis return to the court once again. He talks about why these players who are competing this weekend, not for prize money, uh, but because they missed the action, because they just want to get back out there, show that they have, you know, continued to work on their craft and they're ready to compete with the best across Sweden. And it's just, it's a really fun podcast. You know, Alex gives the details, offers where you guys can all find the tournament should you be interested in watching that live feed. And then we have a little bit of fun as well. Of course, we talk Johansson brothers, Tomas and Joaquin. We also talk about the Imir brothers, Mikhail and Elias and just Again, the current state of Swedish tennis, where uh, they're at, not only in terms of popularity within the country, but also as a federation, how they feel about the crop of talented players currently rising up the Swedish tennis pipeline. It's an excellent conversation that I know all of you will enjoy, and I'm, I hope many of you have already uh, are already following Alex on Twitter, Alex Theodoritis, the last I being used as a one, because him and the work they do at Tennis Portalen has always been exceptional, and you know, from one Alex in tennis media to another. It's always a pleasure to get to talk to them, but I always appreciate the work he does as well. So <clears throat> I want to 
get to that interview with Alex. But before we can, I have to let all of you know that these podcasts are made possible by our friends at DraftKings. And look, we say it all the time here at Crack Rackets. And as we repeatedly mention on our Crack Rackets podcast, tennis in normal times is maybe the only sport that sees action 24-7, 365 days a year. From the future circuit to the Grand Slams, tournaments are constantly taking place around the globe, and fans of the game are routinely treated to spectacular play. We do our best here at Crack Rackets to break down all of the results. We do our best here at Crack Rackets to break down all of the results, analyze the game's emerging trends, and offer accurate predictions of what we think will happen next. That being said, as fun as it is to watch the sport and break down each match, we're all still competitors at heart. And as such, we all want a piece of the action. That's why we at Cracked Rackets are thrilled to announce our partnership with DraftKings. We know listeners of this podcast are the most informed tennis fans in the business. But what's the point of all that knowledge if you can't take advantage of it? That's why we think it's time for you to bet on tennis. And thanks to our partnership with DraftKings, all new users will get a racket-cracking sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 if they do just that. Here's how it works. You're going to create your DraftKings Sportsbook account, and you're going to make a deposit. The good news for you, DraftKings will match your first deposit at 20% up to $500. The even better news, you make your first bet, and DraftKings will also match that with a risk-free bet of up to $500. How can you get involved? Just go to dkng.co slash cracking rackets to play. Again, that's dkng.co slash cracking rackets. Be sure to act quickly, and remember, you must be 21 years or older to to participate. And remember, you must be 21 years or older to use DraftKings and must be in New Jersey, Indiana, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, or Iowa only. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Also, for those of you thinking to yourself, is there even any live tennis to bet on right now? Yes, you absolutely can. As I mentioned, with all of the exhibition events going on right now, the Atlantis Series, the International Tennis Series, the uh, UTR Pro Match Series, you can get in on all of the action by going to DraftKings.com. But remember, go to DKNG.co slash Cracking Rackets to let them know that we sent you there. All right, with that in mind, let's get to my conversation with tournament director of this weekend's TP Tennis Magazine Open in Sweden, Alex Theodoritis. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us on the podcast today, you may know him as a right and founder of Tennis Portalen. Of course, you may also know the work he is doing as the tournament director of the upcoming TP Tennis Magazine Open held in Sweden. Alex Theodoritis, welcome to the show. I tried not to butcher it. I'm sure you heard me thinking through as I was trying to pronounce it, but it's good to have you here and obviously excited for your event this weekend. Thank you, uh, Alex. Uh, Love that introduction and the pronunciation as, as well. I mean, uh, even I struggle sometimes, you know. 
But uh, yeah, I'm very glad to be here actually, and I highly appreciate you having me on on the show. Well, of course, that appreciation is mutual because I think I speak for all tennis fans right now. You know, we want everyone to stay safe, stay healthy, of course, but we're all desperate to see some new tennis in our lives. We can all go on YouTube and, you know, search for our favorite matches in history, but at a certain point, we want to see results where we don't know the outcome, and I know you guys, again, in Sweden have been able to host a couple of events now. Let's start with this weekend's upcoming event. As I mentioned, the TP Tennis Magazine Open coming this week. Uh, it'll be eight of the top men, women, juniors in Sweden. I think eight men, eight women in total competing uh, throughout the weekend in this event. Uh, give me the background yeah. for it. How did this event come to be? And, you know, what was the thought process behind hosting it? Uh, it actually started uh, one day after Christmas in Sweden last year. And I had the idea of like, okay, all the players are home. Why not uh, add an extra event just for fun? No prize money involved. Uh, so we we had actually the first tournament in Stockholm in Salk, a very big tennis club in Sweden, Stockholm. So that that was like, yeah, I, I was thinking like that, you know, why not have an extra event for the players that are that are all home and you you know enjoying Christmas and everything. And uh, we also had one, uh, I think, two months ago that that that, that uh, was our second one. And uh, yeah, we also and uh, we had like one in a few weeks back as well in Gärfel, uh, another tennis club in Stockholm. Uh, obviously, with everything going on with the coronavirus, uh, we are precautious with everything. We have our tournaments with uh, no crowd, and uh, you know, uh, four like four tennis balls per per court. And uh, yeah, that that was our process you know why not have a, a tennis event in sweden in uh, stockholm where where people uh, they're not fortunate to play tennis we live in uh, tough times but at the same time tennis is everything for these players and they can't compete so why not add an extra event for these players and just making sure they have fun and doing what they love now yeah. uh, and in two days we will have one in gothenburg that's another big city in sweden and I think it's safe to say we have our best starting field yet. So I'm very happy right now. I I mean, certainly, uh, yes. Like I mentioned, we're all so excited to see this tennis return. (laughs) And uh, I'm curious just to speak to, because you talk about how this idea came to be uh, around Christmas time and the culture around Swedish tennis. And, you know, for Swedish men's tennis, uh, the greats speak for themselves, the Bjorn Borg, Stefan Edbergs, the Mats Vlanders of the world. There's a rich history of Swedish tennis. Of course, you know, there's Thomas and Joachim Johansson as well. And you can go on and on and on. On, but you know, I'm curious. What is what is the tennis culture like in Sweden? How popular is the sport amongst you know the amongst the broader population? I suppose. If you compare it to like five years ago, where we had almost uh, no one in the in the top top four four hundred three hundred among the men, we had uh, Johanna Larsson on the women's side. It's much better today. The Emers get to recognize what, what they are doing, and Mikkel and uh, Elias Emer, of course. We have Rebecca Peterson, uh, who is now top top 50 in, uh, on the women's side. We have Cornelia Lister, who is playing very good on the on the double side. She won a WTA title uh, last year, and she is playing all the slams. We have a couple of promising juniors today, so it's much better if you compare it to the last five years. 
but uh, if you compare it to football and uh, you know ice hockey, we are we are uh, we are behind. Uh, but it's getting better. And uh, actually, uh, just like a week ago, we had uh, the Emer versus Emer match on the biggest tennis channel in the in the in the nation. So that was a that was also a big step for tennis. So it's uh, it's getting more popular. It is. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I want to ask you about the Emer Bowl because I have questions. But I want to save those for the end. For fans who would like to tune in to this event, what should they expect to see? Because again, I I mentioned there were eight men and eight women in the field. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Tell fans what they could expect to watch if they tune in. They can expect a very very good starting field in the in this Swedish tennis. Uh, we have, uh, as I mentioned, we have. Uh, Cornelia Lister, who, uh, who is top 100 in doubles. Uh, we, ha- we have a few promising, uh, very promising juniors. We have Mons Dahlberg, who is top 30 in the ITF juniors. We have Marcus Eriksson, who is, who is uh, top 300 in the world and, uh, and a big leader in the Swedish Davis Cup team. And also a, promising, uh, a, f- a few more promising uh, younger, younger players. Uh, we can expect uh, a lot of prestige. I mean, there's no prize money involved, but the players, they haven't been playing tournaments for a couple of months, and they, they want to show uh, for, for the fans that, I mean, they, they love the sport, but they're, they're also there to win. Uh, they want to be the best player in Sweden, of course. And also, uh, the format will be a super tiebreaker, tie so it will be first at 10 points, so it's a quick uh, format. So... Uh, it's not. It will not be a you know long, grueling, free set match that takes like three hours. So every match will be maximum of like fifteen minutes. So if you feel that tennis sometimes can be long and cruel, uh, you will you will experience a very fast format where every every point is uh, very important. Yeah, no, no denying that for sure. I mean, uh, you know, the ten point super breakers are half the fun. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah, curious yeah. when you were uh, pitching, you know, pitching, I suppose, chatting with the players who agreed to participate in this. Was the shortened format something that you guys wanted to compromise in order to get them to buy in? Because as you mentioned, who wants to play, you know, a three hour recreational match for no prize money? Was that part of the plan, or you know, was this something you just wanted to experiment with, see how the faster format appeals to you know a broad or base of fans i mean the first event we had uh, at uh, christmas last year uh, which i mentioned it was the matter of okay we have four hours from the tennis club mm-hmm. how can we have so many matches uh, in four hours so it, it was like okay let's do a super tiebreaker experiment with a little bit and i mean the players they loved it of course everyone was nervous uh as you can easily get in a super tiebreaker, but uh, they also—I mean, almost every player said, "Okay, this this was very very good because I I was so focused in every point, so it, it was a good challenge for me." And I mean, we have done it like three times more uh, since that. So uh, yeah, we just start, started it like a coincidence, and now we just keep it, keeping on doing it. So it's kind of like our format. If I could, if I can say that without sounding rude. <laughs> no, I, I think that's fair. I'm curious. What are your thoughts on it? Do you enjoy the shortened format? I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. I necessarily 
Uh, they had like I think they had uh, a few tournaments before in uh, was it what was the name uh, Nadal and everyone played in Australian Open last year. Uh, the uh, fast, sorry, before the Australian yeah, Open. Yeah, the, the tiebreaker t- tennis or whatever it was. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I mean, I kind of liked it, but it was like okay. It was it wasn't all, it wasn't a joke, but it seemed like the players a little, were not a little laid back. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, for us, it's it, it's been. Uh, I mean, it's been good because uh, the players are. They know that every point counts. You can be six zero down, but you still have a chance to win the match. And uh, also for the viewers, we had uh, we, we actually had been fortunate to have uh, every tournament yet being live streamed. So for the viewers, it's good. So uh, yeah, it's been very positive. For us, mm-hmm. I think. Are we talking indoor hard courts? Yes, uh, oh, you okay. could have it on clay, but this time, uh, this time in Sweden, I mean, we're almost in the end of May. The weather can be—you can have almost like snow, uh, snow mm-hmm. in the morning, and then having uh, rain a few hours later, and then a good. Uh, I mean, the sun could be out a few hours later as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So indoor hard court, of course, it. We, Indoor hardcore is is the safest uh, option, I should say. Yeah, it sounds like the move moving forward, if we're not going to get tennis back, is you host the Swedish Australian Open on indoor hards, and then you uh-huh. go to the clay, and we find a grass court, and then the outdoor hards will be the U.S. Open equivalent. And you know, I joke about that, but that sort of does feel like the the uh, atmosphere around this event. It almost is a pseudo Swedish national championships, given that you're getting so many of the top Swedish players to participate. Yeah. Is that the feeling on the grounds? Are these players, you know, again? Because there's no there's no serious stakes, I suppose. But are they treating no, no. it as a chance to you know compete to be the top player in Sweden? They are. We have, uh, I mean, we have promising uh, juniors. We have actually we have a girl. I think she's 14 years old now. She's able to play the best doubles player in the nation. That is almost 10 years older. So of course it would be a it would be a big thing for uh, not only her but for like. Every players, we uh, we hear that the the tournament is being is being talked about in the whole uh, whole nation uh, from people that uh, that love tennis, fans and and players. We also had a few articles in media uh, the last couple of days, so we really get the feeling that the players know what is at stake. Even though we have, as I said, we have no prize money, and the, the winner will get. Uh, I mean, a cheap champagne bottle and a cap <laughs> from our uh, merch and, uh, yeah, some bananas. So <laughs> it's not a lot on stake, but but it's a, it's a prestige thing. I mean, uh, every player in the draw, they, they love to win and they hate to lose. So, of course, you want to want to win the title and, uh, and uh, being mentioned on our website and, uh, yeah be the talk of the town for a few hours, I suppose. 
No, for sure. Pop a little champagne, enjoy those bananas. That sounds like a perfect combination for a quarantine, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, again, getting into the field, you've mentioned some of the players and, you know, the big name we haven't mentioned, of course, Leo Borg, son of Bjorn. That could be a fun pull for so many out there who remember his father. Um, But, you know, as you mentioned, there are so many others as well. If you were to name one male, one female playing this weekend in the event who you think, you know, not the obvious one, Marcus Harrison, Erickson's probably a little bit too obvious, but one of maybe a player yeah. our our fans may not have heard of who you think they should tune into because you are just fascinated by this player's upside. I would mention uh, Mons Dahlberg. Uh, he is uh, today is ranked 30, I think, in the ITF Juniors ranking. So if we would have tennis tournaments uh, back up again, he would be, he would uh, play all the Grand Slam Juniors uh, in the main draw. So that's a very good player, uh, of course. Uh, huge game, got a huge forehand and another great serve as well. So he's a, like a modern, aggressive type of player. And also we have, uh, we have. Uh, I mentioned Cornelia Lister before. Uh, I can mention. Uh, uh, yeah, if they're top one hundred already. Oh. As you say, if they're top one hundred yeah, already, yeah, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. count. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't hear. Sorry, uh, we have uh, Marina Yudanov. Marina's tennis on Twitter. She's uh, pretty active there. Uh, plays with a one-handed backhand. That's not very usual for, on the on the women's side. So you should definitely tune in and watch the one-handed backhands of Marina Yudano for sure. Mm-hmm. And for all of our fans who are interested, where can they find the link for all of this weekend's action? Uh, so it's uh, I will post it on uh, on Twitter. Uh, my name is Alex Fiodoridis. If you can spell that, that's a that's pretty tough. But otherwise, it's uh, streamed on Solid Sport uh, uh, Sweden. I should know the website. Let me <laughs> type it in pretty quickly here: solidsport.com. So that's uh, you should be able to find the link pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, solidsport.com. Yeah, You're and let me. Well, I was, well, was going to say, let me just say, Theodoritis, Doritis. I got it right. Yeah, And it's not like Gruskin. Uh, you know, that's a pretty easy one. But Theodoritis, it, it's it's spelled exactly how it's spelled, uh, how it sounds. So I do think it's an easy one to find on Twitter. Although Thank you should you. know. Yeah, the last uh, in the Twitter account, the Theodoritis, the final I is actually a one if you're looking for the exact username because, you know, we got to have a little fun, got to spice it up a little bit. But, yes, uh, everyone should be sure to go check out the link and, you know, all of the stuff you guys do at Tennis Portal. And, um, but, you know, I want to get back again because, as you mentioned, yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks ago we had the Emer Bowl. And for people who don't know, Elias, Mikhail, uh, both young, talented Swedish male players who have been at the top of the junior rankings who, you know, Mikhail, I believe, junior Wimbledon slam finalist. He was the guy who lost to Riley Opelka in that junior Wimbledon. Of course, his brother, a couple of years older, also on that bubble, I think career high inside the top 150 as well. Mikhail now working his way up to number 68 in the ATP rankings. Let's just start here. And I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask the question anyways. Elias is the older brother. Are you telling me that last weekend's match wasn't rigged? Because if I'm Elias, I'm going out there, I'm saying, Mikhail, I love you, but you can't, like, I'm the older brother. You got to remind people here. (laughs) I mean, I've heard, uh, I've had some questions over the last days, and they've been asking me all the same, you know, (laughs) was the match rigged? And I, 
Uh, I have to be honest, I'm not sure. Uh, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I think Mikel was maybe not injured, but he wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. So you can see in the beginning, uh, he wasn't like he wasn't going for it. He was more feeling feeling it uh, the first couple of games, and the I mean the quality wasn't uh, very good. We should say the the first set maybe, but. Uh, I know also uh, as a fact that these guys, they train so much together and they support each other a lot that they don't really like to play each other in a, I mean, in a, in a match kind of situation. Of course, they practice together, but they don't like to compete against each other when, it's, when, when they're playing a match. Uh, now it, of course, now it was broadcasted on uh, Swedish television, but yeah. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. As you say, they're both exceptional talents, clearly, and it was a yeah. fun one. I mean, I, I certainly would. The agreement for me would be like, look, we're we agree, we'll go three sets, right? We'll get the most out of this experience. <laughs> we'll have all the people fun. They'll be like, oh, Mikhail looks really good doing this. Oh, Elias, wow, the forehand looks great. Um, <laughs> but no, there had to have been, you know, certainly a little bit of fun, and it was a great competition. And you know, to have those two brothers at the top right now for, I suppose, Swedish men's tennis, and just. Um, uh, leading the way in terms of the young crop, you know, how helpful is that to have two brothers at the top of the game? And, you know, what have you thought about their development thus far on the tour? I mean, it's, uh, it, of course, they have been such big names in Swedish tennis for the last 10 years or, uh, yeah, last 10 years, maybe. Uh, uh, because we haven't had a lot of players playing on on the tour since Robin Söderling uh, retired, so they, the media in Sweden have they hyped them up pretty well, because, as I said, yeah, we didn't have so many so many players on, on tour, and they've been uh, they've been pro- progressing, and uh, maybe the pressure has been been too high considering our tennis history, with all Sweden has uh, done in uh, in tennis for, uh, throughout the years, uh, so they they've been huge. I mean. Uh, People that really doesn't know tennis, they probably they know the Emer brothers, and uh, it's cool that you mentioned them because there's also a third one. There's Rafael Emer who actually played uh, one of our events uh, in the last couple of years. He is he is born 2005, and he's I think he's like top five in his age in uh, in Sweden. So he's a he's a promising player, and uh, he's been practicing a lot with his older brothers and. Uh, it, it's too early to say that he could be a player on tour, but you never know. He he has a good and a good potential, and he has two two brothers that can give him some good advice as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And it's so interesting that there does seem to be a group of about ten <laughs> Swedish male tennis players right now, ages you know twenty to twenty-four, who have all showed promise, who have all you know been hovering around the top five hundred, so certain or, or higher than that. And certainly Mikhail, who qualified for all four slams last year and is now inside the top seventy-five. The match that sticks out to me when he beat Tiafo earlier this season looked so good in doing it as well. I mean. Again, he's still so young, I think 21 yeah. years old. But do you see a world where Mikhail gets inside top 30, top 20, maybe even top 10? Just curious your opinion on it. Yeah, I, I actually think uh, that that it's uh, that it's a possibility that he could be like a top 30 player because Mikhail Emer, uh, he has – I, sh- I should not uh, 
speak uh, like uh, over the top here, but maybe has one of the greatest tennis minds on tour. You could see that, especially against Karen Kachanov in the Australian Open in the second round, how he was during the match being able to change things uh, like a chess player. He was blocking those uh, big serves from Kachanov uh, very low to his uh, to his foreign side, and Kachanov couldn't do anything. That was only a, a one minor thing that he was, I mean, changing for, throughout the match. So he's a he's a tactical genius, I should say, and he's he's very good to turn matches around when he's losing the first set. So he's being able to to win in three, and uh, yeah, he's a he's a chess player, and he he also gets p- players to play in his uh, in his tempo. So uh, Mikkel, he's uh, he's a very smart player. Now he's in, he has been improving his serve and forehand over the years, which was. It was they weren't they weren't bad, but it wasn't like it was ATP level. But now he's he's serving huge and his forehand is uh, getting getting more uh, solid. And I mean his backhand is you never you never see him miss, miss a backhand uh, during a match. So he's been progressing uh, very good, and he has a good team around him. So I definitely think he could be a top thirty player. Uh, I definitely think that yeah. Yeah, there's no denying. I mean, he's an exceptional talent, and it's been so fun to see his rise. Um, And again, unfortunately, he will not be playing this weekend, but there are so many other great Swedish talents as well. It's going to be a really fun time to be a uh, Swedish male tennis fan. I feel like you guys are like two years behind the trajectory of where we were as American men's tennis fans a couple of years ago. Now we sort of have Fritz, Opelka, uh, you know, all of these guys breaking through. I feel like you're you're, you're two yimmers away from being (laughs) at that point. Um, All right, last question for... Yeah, last question for you, and then I'll let you go. Uh, I have a theory, because for people who, you know, I was born in 1995, just for some context, and so I was very young, but it was right when I was starting to get into tennis, and, you know, Thomas Johansson won his, what was it, the 2000, I want to say, yeah, uh, yeah, 2002 Australian Open, and, you know, he was an exceptional player. But I have a theory that if Joaquim Johansson stayed healthy, he'd have won at least five slams. I've never seen someone who hit the ball as big as he did. What do you think of my take that even though he doesn't have the slam, Joaquim was the better or the more talented of the two Johanssons? Yeah, I definitely think that uh, the other Johansson, Joaquim Pimpim, the one with the great serve that served like six places <laughs> against Agassi. Uh, which is say that he was he was only a top hundred player for was it one or two years? Otherwise, yeah, I think he was, I uh, want to say two. Two, yeah, I'm not, sure not more, because he was mm-hmm. a lot of lot of lot of injuries and other stuff in his life going on. So I would definitely agree that uh, Thomas Johansson was the maybe more talented one, or, or you could uh, if you could say that. And he, I mean, he's the last Swedish player in singles winning a Grand Slam. And uh, maybe he doesn't get recognized for it too much in Sweden. Uh, he should get uh, more credit for that, I think. But uh, that was a great take, I have to say, from you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, Joaquim Johansson, he goes fourth round Wimbledon, semifinals US Open, fourth round Australian Open. I was uh, I was ready wow. to just be wow. all in on him. I was like, this is going to be my guy. <laughs> he just hits the ball so big. It's just incredible what he's able to do. And then, yeah, you're right. Injuries completely robbed. It's not just take anything away from Tomas, who is obviously exceptional as well. You have to be exceptional yeah, to yeah, win yeah. a slam. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought maybe you would have an opinion on that as well. I mean, seriously, his sir, it was just the contact point. It was unlike anything else. 
I was actually we're still speaking about Joachim Johansson, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, actually, uh, he was playing the Stockholm Open pre-qualies last year, uh, and he won like he won all the free matches, mm-hmm. serving as I mean the machine he is. He hasn't lost his serve. Uh, he was acing like every every serve, and he won all three matches. So he would be playing the qualies in Stockholm Open last year, but actually he 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 was so damaged after all the free matches. So he pulled out before the qualies in the Stockholm Open. Yeah. But I mean, he he's still playing at a he could still play at a very high level. Yeah, which is why what we should do is start a GoFundMe to get him because it's a ten point tiebreaker, it's a ten point superbreaker, so it's a perfect format for him. We get a little entry or appearance fee put together from the fans, and he participates in the next TP Tennis Magazine. That sounds good, right? That's a deal. That's a deal. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk to our financial people. Well, one last time, Alex, before I let you go, can you let everyone know where they can find this weekend's action? Uh, solidsport.com uh, it, uh, you can stream it from uh, wherever you are staying in the world and uh, yeah we will have some uh, commentators there will be a studio uh, there will uh, also be the Swedish tennis legend Magnus Gusten Gustafsson if you know him he was also a very big Swedish player uh, of course you, of course you know him. You know uh, all about Swedish tennis. I'd love to hear that. So yeah, SolidSport... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> SolidSport.com. You can tune in. Uh, we, will, we will be speaking in Swedish. But as we have our... If we see that, okay, now we have some international viewers, of course we will speak some English as well uh, for you guys, for our fans. Yeah, no, that that's all we can ask for. And yeah, you know, yeah. I would never I would never bring you on the pod before doing my homework. Um but you know, Thank even you. before or even regardless of this T P tennis magazine open, seriously, if you guys aren't checking out all of the work at Tennis Portalin, if you're not following Alex on Twitter, you should be because you know, I speak for there are a lot of us Alexes in tennis Twitter, but you are one of my favorites, no doubt. Oh, so Alex, you know, you too, think, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, you but too. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Good luck with everything this weekend. And again, it's the TP Tennis Magazine Open. We are very much looking forward to it here. And know, again, that you always have a spot on this podcast should you want to come chat. So good luck this weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully we'll chat with you again soon. Thank you, Alex, from another Alex. It's been been an honor to be in your uh, fantastic podcast. Oh, you say that now. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm... I'm dead serious here. Thank you very much. Yeah, very much appreciate. Yep, take care. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 
Hope you all enjoyed my conversation with the tournament director for this weekend's TP Tennis Magazine Open in Sweden, Alex Theodoritis. Of course, to learn more about the event, be sure to go check out Alex's Twitter account. Be sure to just Google TP Tennis Magazine Open. You can find out all about it, where you can find the link to watch this weekend's event and more. And of course, we thank Alex for taking the time. Can only imagine how busy and stressful it is in those final few moments before hosting an event like this. And of course, we wish him success and health and look forward to watching that event this weekend as well. And there are so many great events going on right now around the globe. As I mentioned, there's the EXO Series in Atlanta, the UTR Pro Match Series, the International Tennis Series, the Tennis Point Series, and more. Uh, It's great to see just inklings of the return of professional tennis. No, no sanctioned event yet. But we are getting closer and closer, and I know I speak for all of us when I say again, it's just nice to see some live tennis once again. And if you want to hear from some of the players on how they are faring right now through these quarantines, of course, I would ask that you go check out our Cracked Interviews podcast as well. We've had so many great conversations with people from across the tennis world, people from the college world like Alexa Graham, Ashley Leahy, Michaela Gordon, all all Americans this season. We've also talked to pros like Christian, Claire Liu, Mitchell Kruger, Dennis Kudler. Bethany Maddox-Sands, Tommy Robredo, and more. So you can find all of those conversations on our Cracked Interviews podcast. And of course, if you need the daily updates on the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world, go check out the Mini Break podcast where we are never short on storylines. You know, guests we've had on there include Ben Rothenberg, John Wertheim, Mark Lucero, Steve Weissman, and so many more. You know, last week we did a next-gen ATP-themed week, and I will tell you all, Mikhail Yimmer did come up. So if you want to learn more about that, go check out those pods from the couple of weeks ago. And of course, be sure to check out our newest podcast as well, the Inside Out podcast, our first narrative-based podcast here at Cracked Rackets. Of course, there's so many fascinating stories littered throughout tennis's history. Our first season, though, talks about a story near and dear to my heart. We uh, look through the history of American men's tennis from throughout the open era, and we declare who was the best American male player in any given season during this ATP Open era, I know you all will enjoy the work of our super producer, Daniel Westoff, and what he put into this series, added context, some bonus clips. It's an exceptional work, I have to say. I know I participated in this, but you know, super producer Daniel Westoff made it far more interesting, far more enjoyable than anything I thought you know I create could ever be. So uh, shout out to him as always, and shout out to our super producer, Max Flickner, as well for the of an editing job they do day in, day out on these podcasts. None of it would be possible without their entire, you know, incredible work. Uh, so shout out to the two of them. Shout out to our friends at DraftKings. Again, go to dkng.co slash cracking rackets, and you can get in on some of this exhibition effort, you know, some of these exhibition matches. No, they're not ATP, they're not WTA, they're not ITF, but you can still gamble on them, and that's what our friends at DraftKings are for, so be sure to go place a wager. You know, while these players are getting back on the court, they're starting to win again. You deserve to win a little bit as well, too, so dkng.co slash cracking rackets. But with that being said, if you've missed any of our content, again, go to the website website crackedrackets.com like rate subscribe review to all of the podcasts follow us on twitter instagram facebook youtube it's at cracked rackets you want to message me directly feel free to hop into my direct messages at great shot pod on twitter but with that being said for our wonderful guest alex theodoritis for our super producers max flickner and daniel westoff our friends at draft kings and from all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say folks hey Great shot. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.